Yeah, so that's correct. Before it had to be of equal or, or lesser value of the property that you were selling. Now it is equal value or if you have greater value, they kind of do this hybrid calculation and honestly it requires a whole lot of math to figure out the specifics. But, but essentially they look at your old property and the new property and they compare the fair, fair market values. And if they are equal and there are certain definitions to what is considered equal. Hi everybody, Jose Luis Morales here. Welcome back to another episode of the Morales Group Show. Uh, today we have a repeat guest. The name is Sasha Collins. She worked for Myers, Witters, Gibson, Jones, and Feingold. Uh, she is a local uh, attorney and a partner at this firm. And today she is going to be covering with us what is Prop 19 and how does it affect seniors and how does it affect people who have inherited properties in California. Welcome back to the show, Sasha. How are you? Oh, thanks, Jose. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. I'm excited as well, too. So for our viewers that don't know who you are, uh, who is Sasha Collins and how did you get involved in or law, basically? Oh, sure. Well, uh, my practice area is estate planning. So I do everything uh, related to estates. Um, half of my practice focuses on uh, creating estate plans for folks. So writing trusts, wills, powers of attorney, the other half of my practice uh, is what I call kind of the post-death administration. I deal with administering estates when someone has passed away or even become incapacitated. So I have been in this um, practice area for my entire legal career. Um, I've been an attorney for almost 10 years. Prior to that, I was a paralegal. Um, I've wanted to, I wanted to get into law since I was about 19. And uh, originally I wanted to do criminal law um, and wound up uh, with a kind of a temporary job to get me through law school at, at a firm doing trust work. And mm -hmm. I expected it to be very drab and boring uh, compared to criminal law. But once I started working there, I said, Hey, you know, this is actually really interesting. And and um, and I like it a lot. And so I, I abandoned the idea of criminal law and I've never looked back. I love it. I love it. Good. So let's get right into it. Like what is Prop 19 in California? Sure. So Proposition 19 was a um, initiative that was on the ballot back in 2020. It passed in November of 2020 and made some kind of sweeping changes to the property tax rules here in California. Um, most significantly, it made changes to um, what we call the reassessment exclusion for transfers between parents and children. Um, and then it also made a lot of changes for seniors. Uh, I, I hesitate to use that word because the law applies to 55 and over. I definitely don't consider 55 year old seniors, but that's how it's, uh, you know, advertised. But uh, folks 55 and over to transfer their property tax basis <clears throat> if they move within California. So it made um, changes also to uh, individuals who are disabled to be able to transfer their property tax basis and also folks who have been affected by um, wildfires or other natural disasters, which unfortunately we're seeing more and more of. I love it. So before Prop 19, what was it? And then how did Prop 19 change it for inherited properties? And then once we go after that, 
also for seniors as well, too? Sure. So prior to Proposition 19, in terms of parent to child transfers, um, well, let me back up just a minute. Prop 13, which is a proposition that um, most all of my clients know. If there's one law that every client knows, it's Prop 13. And Prop 13 is the one that passed back in the 70s, which kind of set rules and regulations for how the assessor is able to uh, assess your property for property tax purposes and sets what we call the base year value um, from which your property taxes are assessed. So Prop 13 um, made some standardized rules for that, meaning you know you your basis is what you purchase your property at or um, what it was valued at in 1975, adjusted each year according to certain increments. The assessor under Proposition 13 can only reassess your property for property tax purposes when there's a change in ownership. And then came along later Proposition 58, which said, hey, we know under Prop 13, the assessor can only change um, or reassess your property taxes when there's a change in ownership. But what about when there's changes between parents and children or other family members? And so under Prop 58, um, there was a, um, an exclusion from reassessment for transfers between parents and children. So um, under Proposition 58, anytime there was a transfer between parents and children um, of a primary residence, it was excluded from reassessment. So mom could transfer primary residence to son, no reassessment um, provided certain paperwork was filed. In addition, a parent could transfer to a child up to $1 million in assessed value of other real estate. So they could have owned a rental, you know, a duplex, a commercial building, even if it had a low assessed value, transfer that to their child also and have the child keep the low property tax basis. Um, Proposition 19 changed that drastically. So whereas before the parent could transfer primary residence and up to a million dollars in assessed value, um, now the parent can only transfer their primary residence. And not only that, it has to be the primary residence of the parent and then become the primary residence of the child. So it has drastically reduced the amount of um, property transfers between parent and child that are eligible for reassessment exclusion. So in simple terms, if you're transferring a property to a child, whether that's, you know, during life by a gift or after death by, you know, a, a will or a trust or a probate, um, the property is going to get reassessed and the taxes assessed at the current fair market value unless it was the primary residence of the parent and the primary residence of the child. Wow. So basically that changes it a lot for people that are looking to transfer investment properties to their children, basically. In other words, or if somebody inherited mom's house and instead of them living in it, wants to keep it as an investment property, it doesn't mean that they can't keep it. It just means that if mom's uh, property tax base is $2,000 a year. Now it could be eighteen dollars to $20,000 a year, just depending on the current value and the reassessment at this present uh, moment. 
Yeah, correct. There's nothing that prevents the child from keeping the property. It, they're just not going to keep it subject to that low basis. So if you were, you know, planning on keeping mom's um, primary residence and fixing it up and having it now be an income property for you, um, you can still certainly do that, but your profit margin's probably a lot smaller because your property taxes are going to be, you know, based on whatever the fair market value is as of the date of the transfer, whether that's, you know, the, a gift or the death or any of those um, triggering dates. Now, and this is kind of just thinking outside the box, like what happens if somebody inherits mom's property, they live in it, and then they eventually move out of the property. Does it get reassessed at that point? And who and how is that even monitored? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's actually one that I would say comes up most frequently. Some a lot of my clients will say, Oh, okay, I'll move in there for a couple of years and then, you know, move out. Yeah. Um, but the way that the assessors are tracking the eligibility for the exemption is that the child has to file a a claim for homeowners exemption on the property. So for people that own, you know, multiple pieces of real estate, you have to file a form claiming which one is your primary residence. Um, that gives you a small decrease in your property taxes. Um, so if you file that, that uh, um, notifies the assessor that you're claiming it as your primary residence. Then if you move out later, um, and buy, let's say you buy another house and live in it and you claim, try and claim the homeowner's exemption on that property. I don't know what their actual systems are of checks and balances, but someone out there does a checks and balances of these uh, claims and property forms. So that would trigger an alert to them that, hey, you're no longer using that as your primary residence. And then at that point, it would get reassessed at that. Correct. At that it And it would get reassessed. And my understanding is that it would get reassessed to the um, the value as of the date of the original transfer, then adjusted each year for that. So I don't believe it would get like if you live there for five years, let's say, I don't believe it would get reassessed for the value as of year five. It would get reassessed of the value as of year one that you you moved in, adjusted um, up to 1% or excuse me, up to 2% each year. I love it. Okay, great. Now, what about seniors? How does Prop 19 change it for seniors? What was it before and what is it now? Sure. So under the prior law, there were some uh, benefits for um, folks who are 55 and over where they could take their property tax basis and transfer it to a new property. So let's say, you know, you lived in a, a house that was five bedroom, three bath, but had a basis of 200,000 because you've lived there for 50 years. You could take that basis of 200,000 and move it to your new property, which may be substantially smaller, you know, a condo down by the beach or something, but is substantially more expensive because of um, housing prices. Um, under the prior law, you could do that transfer um, on your primary residence one time. Um, it was restricted though to transfers within the same county and only a certain number of counties allowed for the transfer. So it wasn't all counties in California. So um, for instance, if you 
lived in Los Angeles and you wanted to downsize and move to, you know, Oxnard, um, you could not bring your basis from LA to Oxnard. Um, you had to bring your basis, you know, from LA County to a different part of LA County within the same county. Or participating counties, right? I think there was some that were participating as well too. Correct. Like it Correct. Had to be, so, so does this make it now so it's like the entire state of California basically? Now you can transfer regardless if they were a participating county or not basically. Yes. So now under Prop 19, um, two, you know, a couple major changes. One, um, you're able to do this within any county in, in California. So like you said, all counties are now included. It's not just certain ones that have opted in to participate. Um, the other major change is that, um, you can, uh, do this, uh, up to three times actually. So, from a uh, practical standpoint, I don't know, you know, frankly, how likely people 55 and over are to transfer their primary residence three separate times, but they do have that um, availability. Whereas before it was kind of like a, you have one shot to do this and then you're set. Um, now you have a little bit more flexibility. And then the other thing that kind of changed as well, too, is that before it was typically the property had to be of equal a little bit more value, mainly less value in order for you to do this. But now I think one of the big changes is that now you can actually do it at higher price points. How does that work? Yeah, so that's correct. Before it had to be of equal or, or lesser value of the property that you were selling. Um, now it is um, equal value or if you have greater value, they kind of do this hybrid calculation and honestly it requires a whole lot of math to figure out the specifics but um but essentially they they look at your old property and the new property and they compare the fair fair market values and if they are equal and there are certain definitions to what is considered equal um because you have two years to find a replacement property um, and apply for this base transfer. Um, they kind of give you some inflation if you sell in, you know, sell in on day one and then two years later you move into the new place. Um, equal value is like 110% of the prior value of your old property. So, um, but if it's more than that, um, it's my understanding they do kind of like a hybrid calculation where you'll get um, proportionate transfer and then if the replacement value is greater than equal to the old one they will um, apply the actual basis to the higher value if that makes sense it's pretty it's pretty complicated and convoluted so i think my understanding of it is like let's say you're selling a property at seven hundred thousand, but then you're buying something at a million you would get to transfer the seven hundred thousand to the new property, which means you would inherit the tax basis on that. And then you would almost get taxed somewhat on the difference, but it could be uh, somewhere along those lines. Basically. Yes, that's, that's correct. So using those numbers on that 300,000, that would get um, assessed at the $1 million basis. So, and then the other 700 would move over. I love it. I love it. Good. Now, what impact are you seeing? Like, because obviously, like you uh, specialize in helping people that are inheriting property as it relates to like 
the children or the beneficiaries who are inheriting property, are you noticing that more of them are wanting to sell the property now because they aren't uh, able to keep the same tax base that their parents had? Are you noticing anything differently or how is that impacting um, your day-to-day -day, uh, practice almost? Yeah, I would say that a lot more of my clients are selling um, properties that they have inherited. There are still some that are able to keep it because they did, you know, live with their parent. Um, but I would say I have definitely seen an increase in in folks who are are just selling uh, rather than deal with the increased property taxes um, because it doesn't maybe make sense financially to them to hold on to it and rent it out if the property taxes are higher than what the parents were paying. So definitely, I would definitely say, say there's been an increase there. Yeah. Now, as it relates to Prop 19, as it relates to seniors, I would imagine that now that just gives them a lot more options now, right? Now they can move anywhere in California. And before they were limited by something um, of lower price or the same price or slightly higher. But now it just opened it up completely where now they're not penalized completely and they could actually get something uh, like a larger single story if they wanted to or buy something different now basically. So I'm imagining that that's opened it up for seniors where it just gives them more options, basically. Yeah, I I have not directly worked with any clients who have done this um, recently, but I have heard from many of, uh, you know, colleagues, friends, family members of, of um, people that they know that are definitely looking into this now. Um, you know, we have, have people like my mother-in-law who's owned her home since the early 90s, um, you know, she might be able to downsize to a one story um, and and keep that property tax basis. I mean, you and I both know property taxes in California at current housing prices are, you know, pretty astronomical. And so the ability to hold on or preserve those low taxes, you know, is is really huge for for people, especially, you know, retirees who may be living on Social Security um, you know, they're not going to be able to afford to pay 10000 a year in property taxes. Um, so I, I do think in that regard, it has the potential to be very helpful for folks who want to downsize, but also not get hit with higher property taxes. Now, um, here's I, I had two more questions. Uh, one of them is if somebody was interested and is a senior and is interested in learning more about Prop 19, who would be the appropriate person to get in contact with it? Is it your local tax assessor or is there somebody different that would be the appropriate person to get more information on that? Yeah, I would say that the the local assessors, um, they're pretty good about being able to provide information. Um, if you just go, for instance, to the Ventura County Assessor's Office, they actually have a whole page dedicated to Prop 19. Um, I find it very helpful. I'm a visual learner. Mm -hmm. It has like a table that shows, you know, pre-Prop 19 laws, post-Prop 19 laws. Um, and then for folks, those kind of have the bullet points, right? Big picture items. For the folks who really want to do a deep dive and, you know, really read about it, um, the California Board of Equalization has a great website. Um, the Board of Equalization is essentially in charge of instructing the assessors across the state on how to implement Prop 19. So the Board of Equalization 
kind of lays out instructions that then get sent to the assessor. So if you want all of that information, you know, directly from the source, Board of uh, Equalization, uh, I think it's like boe.gov or something like that, also has um, an immense amount of resources on Prop 19. I love it. Great. And then um, the last thing I wanted to ask you was, as it relates to inherited property, are there any uh, changes that you guys are making, like as it relates to gifts or are there any workarounds to this? Like are are some people now gifting the properties to their kids during the lifetime versus allowing them, but then they lose the step up in basis at that point. So is there anything creatively um, as attorneys that you guys are doing to, 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 to help with this or is it pretty much like it is what it is basically? Yeah. Well, so the the law passed in uh, the November 2020 election, right? And it didn't get implemented. Um, its effective date was um, February 2021 for the parent to child transfer. So I know between November and February, those couple months, there were a slew of people that were doing like lifetime gifts of properties to try and, you know, tackle this head on. Um but obviously the ship has sailed from from that because the timeline has passed um in terms of rental properties um it it can get very complex but i know that there are some kind of options or attempted workarounds um by using business entities um holding title you know in a llc versus in an individual's name and you know those um those are all really fact specific um in terms of what you're trying to accomplish and and how so it's kind of hard to say this is the secret workaround um because it depends the standard lawyer answer is it depends but um it it is something that definitely i discuss with clients in terms of they say you know hey i when they're setting up their trust hey i want to leave this property specifically to this child um that's that's fine. I, I do always tell them now, you know, hey, just so you know, because of this law, assuming this law is still valid when you pass away, here's kind of what it would look like. And some of my clients um, have no problem with that. And they say, yeah, my my child can decide what, you know, they want to do. Others are like, well, maybe if that's the case, I'll do this instead. You know, so it's mostly about informing clients and letting them make educated decisions. So I, I think the best thing somebody can do, and this is oftentimes overlooked, is there are things there are uh, like if you talk to somebody like yourself who's a, a estate planning attorney, there are things that you can do if you reach out to somebody like you and just disclose what you're, they're looking to do you can help guide them as to, Hey, look, this is, if you do this and this is what you need to be aware of, if you do that, then this is what you need to be aware of. And if you do this, this is what you need to be aware of. Cause there's multiple like areas that almost like merge. There's obviously, um, step up in basis. There's the inherited tax, there's property tax. So there's just a lot of things that a good attorney can, can help you. So if somebody did want to get in contact with somebody like you, what is the best, or if somebody wanted to get in contact with you, what is the best uh, way for them to do that? Sure. Um, I, I um, you know, would direct them to call our office or email me. Um, 
my, I don't know if you want me to actually give my yeah. phone number or stuff, but uh, my phone number is 805-644-7188. That's the main line to my firm. Um, the nice thing, the really nice thing about my firm is we are a full service firm. So like you mentioned, there's a lot of crossover issues here, estate planning, real estate, you know, taxes. Um, we have attorneys in my office in addition to myself who specialize, you know, in real estate law or um, entity formation, LLCs, business, you know, that sort of thing. So um, you can always give us a call and then we would direct you, you know, to myself or someone else kind of most appropriate to um, answer your questions. I love it. I love it. Good. And then is there anything else, like any final thoughts as it relates to Prop 19, uh, both inherited properties and also seniors? You know, I, I think it's just, um, it's a really interesting law in that it was passed in 2020. And here we are in 2023, still kind of trying to make sense of what it all means for everyone. Um, I think there was uh, there were a lot of people who didn't really understand it at the time. They still don't really understand it. So um, anything that we can do to educate the public on what it means and how it affects them, I think is is helpful because, you know, like the, the 55 and over folks, maybe some people don't even know that's an option for them. So um, just getting out the word, uh, I think, is is great. And it will really be interesting to see. I know I've had people already ask, is this going to get repealed or is this going to... I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. It would be interesting to see. But for now, it's the law of the land as we know it. Perfect. Okay. Well, I wanted to just say thank you for obviously taking the time to do this. I know that you're busy. So thank you for educating the viewers out there. Um, if you're a viewer and you have enjoyed this episode, make sure to hit that subscribe button. If you feel that this episode would be helpful in any way, shape or form to a family member or friend, make sure to uh, hit that share button. Once again, Jose Luis Morales uh, with the Morales Group Show. We had Sasha Collins, and she talked to us about Prop 19, what it is, and how it affects seniors, and also how it affects inherited properties. Thank you guys so much, and thank you, Sasha, for uh, being on. Thank you for having me.